If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, hi, this isn't Captain Kirk, but, uh, I have a question. What does God need with a podcast? Well, he doesn't if he has the inglorious Trexperts. Listen to them. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a Star Trek fan and you haven't already picked up the hardcover edition of the 50-Year Mission, it's time for you to go out and get the paperback version of the 50-Year Mission, which is just out in paperback from St. Martin's Press. This is the complete oral history of Star Trek, the first 25 years, from me and Ed Gross. And if you think you know everything there is to know about Star Trek, think again. The 50-Year Mission out in paperback now, and if you can't read, the audiobook is still available. Electric Now? What does that mean? It means that you can watch us do these wonderful podcasts and so many other things, too. Hey, uh, Darren, yes. when I was a kid, I used to love the electric company. You know why? Because I knew one day Morgan Freeman would be a great actor. But <laughs> if there's one thing I love about electricity that's even better than Schoolhouse Rock and... The electric company, it's the Electric Now channel. But also, they're turning it on and bringing the power. Yes, they are. <laughs> and we're turning you on. And f- no, 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 that's a highly inappropriate. All. Okay, well, we are turning on the power here at Electric Surge, where you may have, for the last year or so, been enjoying these amazing audio podcasts like Inglorious Trexperts, The 430 Movie, Best Movies Never Made. Now, you, you can watch You them. ain't seen nothing yet, no, but you now you can anything. You can on Electric Now, available on Stir TV and Distro TV, which you can download from your favorite app store, and soon coming to the Electric Now app. Get to see us as you've never seen us before, (laughs) because you've only seen us in the theater of the imagination. Now we're going to be on your tablet, on your telephone, on your TV, and in your house. (laughs) The call is coming from inside the house. So make sure to check out Electric Now, streaming now on Stir TV and Distro TV, and coming soon to the Electric Now app. Back in the 70s and 80s, before the advent of VHS, chances are if you saw a classic movie, it was on the 430 movie. With their famous theme weeks, it was a chance to see movies you'd never seen before and get reacquainted with some old classics. So now, join us for the 430 movie. Hello, stop. This is Mark A. Altman. Stop. This is Stop the Presses Week. Stop. <laughs> Welcome to Stop the Presses Week with your host, Steve Melching. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. Mr. Darren Dockerman. Good night and good luck. And, of course, Ashley Edward Miller. Oh, God. All the humanity. What's <laughs> <laughs> the way it was. <laughs> wow. Here we are. Fascinating. Face to face. Yeah. A couple couple of silver silver spoons. spoons. (laughs) (laughs) A pleasure palace he did decree. He called it Xanadu. on the march. (laughs) 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 We, in case you haven't guessed it by yet, I know you're going to say, are insane? Yes, that's part of it. But in case you haven't guessed, we are doing Stop the Press this week, which is all about journalism and news. Movies that uh, show journalism, news, and newspapers. Um, right. Magazines, journalism, any kind of journalism. It could be broadcast journalism, too. But um, oh. this is a show where all the news is real. <laughs> and, and it's fit to podcast. And it's fit to podcast. <laughs> it's fit to podcast. Um, we are, we're, we're excited. I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I, I mean, uh, we were talking over um, lunch and just saying, and we don't really pre-talk about the podcast, but we were saying that uh, you wouldn't think of it but there's a lot of movies. This is a, this may be one of the most difficult weeks in terms of narrowing it down to five movies since, uh, well. Yeah, when we, we decided to do this topic, I started thinking about, you know, I felt like, are there more than three or four great movies about journalism? Or, a couple. And I uh, started making a list, and like, there are a lot of really, really strong movies about reporters and journalism. And Well, you know, it is a, you know, uh, a world which lends itself to drama in a sense because um, it's overheated. It's um, you're on a deadline. There's pressure to get things right. I mean, so inherently, you know, as a former journalist myself, I can say that um, 
journalism is very much like the film industry. You know, you're on these tight deadlines. You're always trying to get it right. Um, uh, there's a lot, a lot of pressure. It, it really is something that seems to lend itself to dramatization and why there's so many good movies and, and TV shows. And obviously it's something that has an impact on so many people when you get it right and even when you get it wrong, you know. So um, it's really uh Well, the, the stakes world. are inherently high, you know. I mean, a journalist can change the world. They can uncover a story that changes the way you think about something or, or changes what we think of as the truth about the world and what's really happening. Absolutely. For example, they might discover that there is a whole um, cult of uh, werewolves living together, uh, you know, in a secluded <laughs> resort and that, oh, wait, sorry, that was a movie. Never mind. That was, uh, no, oh sorry. I uh, Blame it on an American werewolf in London. Yeah. So um, I have to say that... Um, you know, it's interesting. I mean, Ashley uses that as an example. I was just reading the Times the other day. Uh, there was an article about how they, um, uh, uh, American media outlets chronicled the rise of Mussolini. Mm -hmm. And it, it's really scary when you go back and look at it. And, you know, everybody thought he was a big joke, you know, and even the, the rise of Hitler, you know, the, 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 the you know, and at, at a, at a, you know in, in the time that this was happening, um, you know, people didn't really have the perspective. And so sometimes, you know, the second draft of history is really where people get it right. The first draft can be very rough and, and tumble and not exactly correct. Um, so, uh, but a lot of these movies were made during um, the time major stories were happening. Others are dramatizations, others are made up, others are, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, made in the crucible of things happening and others are reflecting on great moments. So we'll see. Um, where do you get your news, Steve? Well, I, I used to be, I mean, I grew up, as we all did, in an era where I, I read the newspaper every day. I had a newspaper subscription, and I loved... Grit. I you grit. I got grit magazine. Boy's life. Grit. <laughs> um, I loved reading the local paper or, you know, this whatever the, the you know, the LA Times or my local paper. Um, and uh, I loved news magazines. I used to love to get Time or Newsweek uh, and, uh, and uh, watch television news and and then i think like so many of us i slowly transitioned to cable news and then finally the internet so like these days i get my news from a mixture of uh, online sources uh cable news and, and local news i don't really read the paper much anymore although we do have a subscription to it mm. so you're basically wasting paper is what you're talking exactly about. yeah good, good. no good. my wife reads the paper every day though yeah, what about you, Darren? Where do you get your news from? Uh, basically the same, but also uh, uh, all my friends tell me the news all the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> shut up about it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I've actually over the past, you know, 10 years or so, tried to limit my daily intake of news because it's just too, uh, you know, it's too nerve-wracking. Sometimes ignorance is bliss in that sense. Um but, you know, there's no escaping it these days. So uh, try to maintain, you know, a sort of normal balance of, uh, of uh, openness and uh, a nice, closed, uh, happy, well, it, it, happy life. It feels to me like these days we are getting more news about less stuff. Because mm -hmm. it felt like in the, like the 70s and 80s, you get a very broad spectrum of news. Right. Uh, it wasn't just, now it just seems like it's... 70% politics and like, you know, and then a smaller percentage of, you know, murder and mayhem or, uh, you know, some weirdo story or some, you know, a disaster yeah. that's happening somewhere. Whereas I, I, I don't know, maybe it was just the sources that I used to turn to in the, in the eighties and nineties, mm -hmm. but I felt like I had a broader spectrum of what was happening in other countries. And, but it and feels like, it only feels like it's happening that way because of clickbait culture. Mm -hmm. You know, so much of uh, the media today uh, uh, needs to find ways to, mo you know, monetize, uh, you know, um, this coverage, you know, because people who aren't just repeating what other people are saying, you know, they have news bureaus in foreign countries and they right. got to have. Right. So everybody is, um, uh, you know, trying to put up stuff that's going to get the most views, that's going to translate to advertising dollars. And as a result, it does seem like the most insignificant things, you know, are getting, the, you know, we, we talked about this on the show, you, this whole Scorsese, um, 
uh, Coppola thing about the MCU. It seemed to be everywhere. Right. Meanwhile, the fact that kids are being ripped away from uh, their parents is out of the news. <laughs> the fact that uh, the, the the you know Amazon rainforest was out of the news. Uh, the fact that you know Syria was falling apart. Did Amazon buy the rainforest? <laughs> <laughs> How did that I miss is, that story? But, but you know the MCU being insulted by Scorsese and Coppola was the big you know above the fold in a sense. Yeah. Uh, and and so it's scary. It's scary because. You know, there's a lot of really important things going on in the world that are not uh, getting the attention well, and, they deserve. And a lot of these stories burn really bright for a couple of days, and yeah. then nobody talks about them again. Yeah. And people think they can just survive the news cycle. So if they've yeah. done something really horrible and illegal. Yeah. They think, okay, well, if I just manage to get through these next 48 hours, then something else is going to happen, yep. and people are going to focus on that. will move to the But they're not wrong. Yeah. But they're not wrong. That's yeah. true. That's true. So, I mean, that's... Because we always need a new hit of a new drug. Yeah, and again, we're living in this era, so it's hard to know what the long-term, uh, you know, impact on our society is going to be. But there's been a fundamental shift because I think we all grew up, like you said, at uh, six o'clock when we weren't watching Star Trek, we were watching uh, the news, Watch the, you know, the local Walter news Cronkite, before, you know, the, before the, the, the national, national news, news came on. Local news, yeah. yeah, with these great anchors, yep. you know, who you felt you could trust, yep. and. It did seem that there was a real effort to kind of get it right, get the stories right, and uh, they took journalism very seriously as a profession. Like Ted Baxter. Like Ted (laughs) Baxter. But, um, you know, I even found, you know, film criticism at the time was much more serious. And the people that wrote about film were much more educated in film than the people today who seemed, if they have a laptop, you know, and a laptop and an opinion. An opinion. They take. feel they're entitled to, you know, the same respect that, uh, you know, Richard Schickel or Pauline Kael or, you know, um, the, you know, uh, any of the greats, uh, John Maslin or anybody got. And it's uh, Richard Corliss and it's, it's ridiculous. Well, even you know, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. Maslin Roger Ebert is a Canby. Yeah. Um, you know, and it goes it, back Bosley Crowther and all these people. It could be argued that Siskel and Ebert were actually the first step in degrading the. Uh, the status of the democratization yeah, yeah, of right. uh, film criticism. Yeah, well, but you well, know, moving to a thumbs up, thumbs down, the sort of binary. Yeah, you choice. could argue that that was kind of the Star Wars of you know film criticism. But I would argue the thing was, regardless of how they presented their views, no, they were still they were extremely educated, educated about movies. Absolutely. Um, you know, but it opened the sluice gates. Like where a bunch yeah. of people sit and talk about movies and, and talk about what they liked and what they hate and, and, and suggest yeah. movies. I mean, yeah. That's, that's like, ludicrous. That's, that's these people watch. think they are. They start up podcasts. Like they're weighing in on all these films with these opinions on them. And they have no particular expertise or, or anything that really sort of sets apart what they have to say. But they, they do really have back a combined 100 years experience. Right. Yeah, but just because you've seen Star Wars <laughs> yeah. 87 times and Howard the Duck once does not qualify you to be an expert on movies. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, people like you know what? It's like you, you have don't to need have the seen microphone. Howard the Duck more than that. Yeah, at least, at least a lot of times. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, some, you know, um, uh, you know, I think even if you read on social, let's, let's let's take us an example. You know, it's it's it's. Um, I think what what makes us legit too is legit, not only that we legit. too legit to quit at least is because. You know, it, you went to film school. You know, we've you lived, studied, breathed, you studied film. You studied film, film school, and and aside from just being a lifelong fan, you know, you're not a guy who's seen a bunch of movies and like, I like this, I don't like that. It's like it comes from a place of knowledge. Well, and you and I would go to the Telluride Film Festival every year and and ex- be exposed to all kinds of you know uh, independent films from around the world as well as classic films. We're all members of the American Cinematheque and. Go to their classic. We've all read extensively and and studied film and television extensively. Um, And why am I saying this? The the point I'm saying is that expertise still matters. That it's not you know the whole sense that we have to balance the scales on everything. That anybody who has an opinion is equal, right? And that's not the case. Some people are more qualified, uh, you know, to talk or, or 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 to. You know, uh, pro, you know, uh, offer an expertise on on uh, rather than not everyone is enti- you know you're some entitled to an opinion. Some people would have an opinion, of course. Some people yeah. would call you a gatekeeper. Yeah, and I am. Some people would call you Maurice, <laughs> 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 you know, or be- the pompous of love. Because there <laughs> are people, you know, and in in all fields, you know, and that's something I loved about the original Star Trek. It was a meritocracy. You know, 
no matter who you are or where you came from, it did not matter. But if you had a level of expertise, then you deserved to succeed, you know? And it's just, I read some of these people writing about film and it's appallingly embarrassing. It, it, it's just, it's just, it's because there's a sense that, you know, film began with Avatar or film began with, um, you know, some, you know, to some people like, you know, in the 1990s, the you know, it's like, you cannot seriously talk about film if you don't have a fundamental understanding of the movies that came out in the 70s and the 60s and the 50s and the 40s. Or at the very least, the a curiosity. Or silent film. Right. Or at least a curiosity. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of people young, they haven't had mm -hmm. a chance to see a lot of these films, but you know, you can't dismiss that. You know, especially uh, in these days where <laughs> everything is accessible. Right. Yes, it's easier to see these Not films. like in the days of the 430 movie where the only chance we got to see older movies was on the 430 movie. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah, no, that's absolutely. So I don't know why I went on this tangent. <laughs> uh, but much uh, anger in you. <laughs> no, I'm not angry. I, it's just something I feel very strongly about. Actually, yeah. it's not. It's not anger at all. It's more. It's more like you know. I wish these people had more of an interest in seeking out m more about the subject they're talking about. It, it's like I'm not saying that you know some of these people shouldn't shouldn't you know if they feel passionately and they want to talk about this. That's great. But it's like to hold themselves up as. Uh, so you're saying we should concentrate more on the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Stop the Presses Week, where we're going to talk about um, uh, journalism in all its forms, f f print, film, of a broadcast, uh, um, in, in the movies and how it was depicted. So, Steve, Monday. Well, that's a perfect segue to my pick, because I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. And that means my pick choice. is uh, Patty Chayefsky's classic 1976 film, Network. Um, which I absolutely love. It's a movie that dives into all the stuff we were just talking about. It uh, talks about the tabloidization of news. It talks about the commodification uh, of news, uh, that transition where the news departments fell under the sway of the network and the profit center and were expected to become a profit center for the corporation rather than a public service to that point. You know, in, up into the 70s and 80s, the broadcasters would had to air a certain amount of programming in the uh, the, the local the national interest or the uh, sort of an educational thing in order to keep their broadcasting license, and that included the their new their nightly news show. This is before everything was deregulated. Yeah, exactly, and and so the each network had these robust foreign bureaus uh you know in the major cities of the world with reporters and 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 teams which were loss leaders yeah they were loss leaders and and they but they felt they were doing and these news people felt they were doing an important service by you know bringing the news of the world home uh, and educating the American people about what was happening both in our own country and and abroad and uh, suddenly, you know, things started to change in the era of deregulation and uh, these corporations decided they didn't like losing money on the news anymore. They wanted to make money on the news. So we saw a transition to uh, more of the, the news that's, uh, you know, the sort of tabloid news, whether it's celebrity news or you know, uh, news about sort of sexy news about disasters or or horrible crimes or, uh, you know, uh, outrageous politicians or crazy things going on. Um, and we saw that in this film network taken to an extreme where the local news well, or seemingly the, extreme. Yeah. Yeah. In <laughs> yeah. 1976, it's an cool. extreme where the, the national news is suddenly a program with a live studio audience. Mm -hmm. And there's a soothsayer on doing, you know, uh, and and a gossip uh, host and, you know, and and and, and a, a Vox Populi where we're going to, you know, poll the American people about some subject and and become interactive in a way. And. When this film came out in 1976, these were pretty, you know, it was a satire. Pretty out there. Yeah. It was pretty out there. It was extreme. But now, sometime in the last 10 years or so, we've gone, we just shot right past it. And it almost seems quaint now mm -hmm. in a lot it's of like ways. Howard Beale would basically get through, I'm 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Peter Finch as Howard Beale, you know, he would do these sermon-like rants about something, and they would always climax with him passing out on stage, you know, and I feel like, you know, we're, we're well past that well, now. what he and, should have is a YouTube channel. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so he, at least he could monetize it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... I think this is just a, a brilliant film, uh, you know, directed by Sidney, Sidney Lumet and uh, written by the great Patty Chayefsky and starring Peter Finch as the news anchor, Howard Beale, a sort of Walter Cronkite-esque uh, newsman, newsman who newsman. Uh, is kind of reaching the end of his ratings life. The and, thinking man's Harry Reasoner. Yes. And, and we he have, says he's going to kill himself. Kill him, yeah. He's gonna, he gets, he's going to get fired, so he television. decides he's going to shoot himself live on the air. Because um, he has nothing else to live for. Yeah. And, of course, it co-stars Faye Dunaway. As the luminous The luminous Faye Dunaway, Faye Dunaway <laughs> who has never been sexier than in that movie. I would agree with that, I think. Yeah. Hmm. She's high-strung and kind of crazy, but also kind of crazy hot in a way. <laughs> uh, but she plays the uh, network head of programming, so mm-hmm. she's sort of the mastermind behind this transition of the news to this tabloid uh, structure. And then there's the great William Holden. So uh, who plays the uh, head of the news division, the kind of crusty old school newsman who, uh, who who longs for the to hang on to the days of the news as a public trust mm-hmm. rather than as a you know as a profit center. And then there's the amazing Robert Duvall, oh, so who good. is the uh, the corporate hatchet man that's in there to try to cut costs and maximize profits. And then uh, Ned Beatty, mm-hmm. playing the head of the corporation, yes, the head of UBS, yeah. head of UBS, and. And this is a, a for Beatty. It's a, a fairly dramatic role. It's 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 a little funny, but it's also a dramatic role yeah. for which he was nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. And this was only two years before Superman the movie when he turns around. And yeah, he's nothing like the, Otis in this movie. No, or that whole Deliverance thing. Yeah. Well, but yeah. the crazy thing is that Beatrice Strait, who played Bill Holden's uh, wife won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. What, she's in it four minutes? Basically one scene mm-hmm. yeah. or two scenes, but that yeah. one scene is amazing. Yeah, she's, she's great. She's absolutely great, but it's amazing. It's that a very shouty movie. A lot of people shouting in it right. uh, throughout. Well, it's Patty Chayefsky, so yeah. of course. But very theatrical because it comes from that sort But they of shout brilliant dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's so well written. I mean, for anybody who's like an aspiring writer, I mean, you know, I mean, look, he was the Aaron Sorkin of his time. Yeah. Um, Hospital. Uh, it's on right. I mean, it's and and altered states, which okay. got again. Ruined. Your, your yeah. metaphors are in the wrong order. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin <laughs> is the Patty Chayefsky yes. of uh, uh, <laughs> so, but uh, Patty Chayefsky is. Um, I mean, the writing is so smart, He's brilliant monologue, and so entertaining. It's yeah. not like taking your medicine. There is right. Ned Beatty's big speech in the movie, for which he was probably, you know, it was a thing that got him his Oscar nomination, where he's talking about the sort of corporate ecosystem. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like Moses coming down and, you know, like laying the law down. You know, you have meddled in the primal forces of nature. But he's doing an act <laughs> because he knows that Peter Finch is insane. Right. And mm-hmm. so he's doing the shtick. Yeah. And it's so good. His physicality, the way he's using his hands in that, it's so theatrical and physical. And, and terrific, um, you know, and and the movie it won. Uh, Peter Finch won the Oscar after he died. It was a posthumous yeah, Oscar for yeah. for playing Howard Beale and uh, Dunaway won for her her performance and the uh, Beatrice Strait of course and Chayefsky won for his screenplay and it was also nominated for Best Picture for uh, William Holden, um, uh, Ned Beatty, and also Sidney Lumet and also for editing and uh, cinematography. Yeah. And but that was a tough year. I mean, it lost the Best Picture Oscar to Rocky, mm-hmm. but it was also up against All the President's Men and Taxi Driver. Speaking of now, that's a year. Yeah. that's a year. None of this '91 bullshit with with, <laughs> with the, what Fight Club and I forget what the other movies. Everybody says, "Oh, that's the, is that the greatest year for movies?" That's, talk about clickbait. Yeah. I mean, '76 is it, that's insane. Like Network versus Taxi Driver versus All the President's yeah. Men. Yeah, and then Rocky somehow wins, but Rocky's super entertaining movie. But. Yeah, I mean Rocky, Rocky super entertaining. Yeah, I but mean, they're still making great movies in Hollywood, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so net, 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 network is such a great choice because it's so uh, resonant today with what's going on, mm-hmm. not just in the news, but specifically in politics. And um, uh, but as we said, it's not like taking your medicine. It is incredibly 
entertaining. It's super smart. Um, uh, you know, even cutting backroom deals with a terrorist organization right. in order, uh, you know, to make a TV show about them. <laughs> and then the ratings start to go down. They start to have to stage, you know, sort of terrorist incidents to get the ratings back up. Yeah, they, they, they this, contract with this terrorist organization to film their acts of their terrorism. Their bank robberies. <laughs> and then this Patty Hearst-like uh, incident. And then the scenes where they're negotiating their, their deal points with the terrorist. You know, you're not going to take anything out of my mind. Fucking back end. <laughs> and there's this voice of God like narration. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it, I mean, it just, and those two uh, performances, just uh, three major, I mean, it's anchored. It's just the acting tour de force. But, um, uh, you know, I watched Network again recently and it is just as powerful and just as entertaining as it ever was. It doesn't feel dated, it feels very vibrant and alive. And it has so you know, much Sid energy. So much energy. Sidney Lumet, you know, underrated director i mean you know so much of what he did is so powerful and you know network is just um it's just such a great movie and it was back then i think united it was a united artist movie and um it was at mgm because it was before the merger i think it was united but um that was back when they were doing really risky <laughs> stuff and um uh it's just a really extraordinary extraordinary film and a, a great 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 pick um it still has a lot to say about broadcast journalism today and um, you know where we're where we're headed, and yeah. uh, you know so, it, it foreshadowed the change. You know it's really amazing. Just a, a quick aside um, about the screenplay, Padachevsky's screenplay. Like, so I actually I read the movie before I watched the movie, mm. and what's really great about Chayefsky's writing, as you know, as a writer and reading him, is that his his dialogue, his scenes are unadorned. Right, um, he essentially just writes the dialogue, and as you read it. Like you just you hear it, you imagine it. Now, I mean, you would think that, that would be true of of any script that you that you read. It's not really true. Um, I mean, he he. Pra it's not that he doesn't punctuate, but he practically doesn't need to. Just the scenes are just the scenes. It's there's no like interrupting anything, whatever. It's just the scene starts. He sets it and he goes. And it's just it's really instructive in terms of breaking down um, how a scene can work with its own little beginning, middle and end, you know, all without a lot of hamburger helper in the middle to, to make it go. So simply as a writing exercise, if like if writing is your jam, if that's the thing that you appreciate, like find the screenplay for a network and read it or really read anything that Patty Chayefsky wrote because it's just as a I think that it's something that um, that we as as writers can learn from and it's just it's just and it's a really great great read well you know it's interesting we talked about this as a uh, journalism movie but there's also a lot of other stuff to unpack you know in terms of um, it's a movie about having to kill your idols it's a generational thing mm -hmm. because you have Faye, Faye Dunaway who's on the way up it's sort of a corporate boardroom drama mm -hmm. and she basically has to kill not f figuratively not literally Bill Holden who she worshipped mm -hmm. you yeah. know who she when she went to New Jersey, wanted to be a journalist and she grew up and ends up having an affair with him but you know to, to succeed at what she's doing she basically has to completely cut his legs out from under him and so it's also like this really interesting, uh, you know, boardroom politics. With Duvall and, and Faye Dunaway, and, yeah, the maneuvering and the politics. And the impact of, you know, huge multi-corporations taking over, um, you know, the public trust, you know, being responsible. Don't worry, we're, you know, we're, we'll, we'll look out for people. Well, and Ed Beatty talking about how corporations are the, the new nations of the world mm -hmm. now. There are no national mm -hmm. borders. It's all Exxon and you know, and, and Monsanto and, you know, the, the big corporate. And again, it was uh, something, uh, an idea that was way ahead of its time, which has proved remarkably prescient because, of course, you know, whether it's, you know, Facebook or the, the big oil companies or Amazon or these, these companies are the, the, the new, mm -hmm. you know, you wonder why we haven't had a huge war and, you know, it's because it's almost like... Our, the, the, our countries are so bound together by yeah, these yeah. corporate interests. It's bad for business to have a war. To have wars, <laughs> exactly. All of a sudden, we're in roller balls. Have big wars. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, little wars are good because in Lockheed Martin and sure. Boeing and you all these guys... you got to keep the defense Yeah, but, 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 big, but big wars, you know, um, it's just, uh, it's really an interesting movie. And for anybody out there who hasn't seen it, it's absolutely something that you should have at the top of your list to go check out. It's on Blu-ray. Highly recommended. There we are. That was Monday. And now Which brings us to Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday. Darren Dochman. You know, my mind is swimming with so many choices. Um, but I think I have to go with one that 
You know, if I'm not mistaken, it was a previous selection on this show, and I, oh, for I, the life of me, I can't remember yeah. when. Yeah. But it's one of my favorites of all time. 1987. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to pick. Broadcast News. Oh, was a choice. It was a pick. I can huh? tell you. I, I was so sure you were going to say All the President's Men, yeah. and then you went, you ducked and weaved and said Broadcast <laughs> News. Um, you know, Zach? Oh, he's not here. Yeah, he's, he's on vacation. vacation. He's on vacation. Um, I've, I've got the list here. Um, I'll, I'll you can. Okay. Um, it, even if it is, I don't care because I'm picking it again. <laughs> because it's second season. It's, and we're allowed to repeat. We're allowed. Um, it is such a great film. And talk about great dialogue and great characters and... Just a, a great sort of slice of this world of, you know, specifically television news and journalism. Um, it stars Holly Hunter as this uh, young up-and-coming uh, news producer for a, the local uh, network affiliate in Washington, D.C. And, uh, and her b- basically friend and confidant and... Uh, and producing partner, who is uh, also a news writer, uh, Albert Brooks, who is playing a character named Aaron Altman, uh, which is why I always think of it when I'm talking with Mark. It's <laughs> um, not the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, sitting on my, uh, my my shirt here, right? and, <laughs> and and really punching my idea. <laughs> um, but at least I'm not sweating. <laughs> and uh, uh, William Hurt as the the devil. Yeah, it's the devil. <laughs> yeah, it's the devil. Yeah. Um, you type it here, it comes out there. Yeah, yeah. he's he's basically an idiot who is good at reading news mm. right. from Whereas a teleprompter. Aaron, Aaron wrote it. He 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 was there. He report. He's a reporter. He uh, has all the qualities of being a newsman, but that's not what they're looking for. Yeah. They're he, looking he's for a an superstar anchor. in every yeah. area. Everything except the performance, <laughs> where he bungles it tremendously. And it's actually one of the He's funniest, the the funniest scenes in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it's such a great cast. Uh, a lot of the secondary characters are really good, too. Um, uh, Jack Nicholson plays oh, yeah. the, 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 network, the network anchor. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think of him more Uncredited, as the, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Um, but, you know... When they're having budget cutbacks at the station, and uh, Jack comes down uh, from New York to visit, and uh, well, if we're not there for everybody during the hard times, then we're not a news organization. You know, it's <laughs> it's really it's really great, and well, everyone then they is ask so him if good. He's willing to cut his salary. Yeah, right. He's like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it would be a lot better if uh, you could cut a little out of your salary. He just looks at him. <laughs> it's it's so good. Um, uh, Robert Prosky is uh, is also uh, the I think he's the news director at yeah. the at the station, um, but it's and it's also a a really great love triangle story mm-hmm. between uh, Holly Hunter and these two sides of the same coin, and it's <laughs> it's really heartbreaking mm-hmm. because no one is wrong and no one is right. And it's the the way the movie uh, resolves this is so real and so um, sad, but it's reality. Yeah. And yeah. it's not a Hollywood ending. It's not. It's not. Uh, you know, everyone's uh, everyone's great at the end. It's just. It's just there. And well, it's it's real. And I I love this movie. I quote it all the time. It's you'll uh, never make more than twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that sounds pretty yeah, good. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I I love this movie too, and I, this is the movie I think that I I fell in love with Holly Hunter on. Oh, absolutely, she's just adorable in. And speaking of Succession, <laughs> right? Oh, well, I, I was thinking the same. I would say the same thing. But, yeah. Yeah, really, a terrific. lot appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> well, I we you know watching Succession recently, and Holly Hunter is spectacular in that. I, it made me think of Broadcast News, which I hadn't watched in a while, and I yeah. you know I threw I threw it on, and like you guys. Uh, I love broadcast news. It's one of my favorite favorite movies of all time. And yet, it's not the sexy one that I talk about a lot and I think about a lot. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I love that from the moment I saw it. I've seen it a billion times. Criterion did a great yeah. uh, Blu-ray of it. 
Um, Directed by James L. Brooks, who James. has done a string of amazing films, and of course, you know the the producer of The Simpsons. But before that, yeah. uh, he he was also you know he produced uh, the Mary Tyler Moore Show, which was another sort of newsroom comedy uh, sitcom that was in the seventies. What was so interesting about this? It takes sort of the tropes of like a classic screwball comedy, like you know His Girl Friday, mm-hmm. you know, and. And, and combines it with a serious look at the state of journalism. A complete reality. Yeah, well, he yeah. did a ton of research. Like, yeah. he was researching it for years, you know. And and, and so he takes the, the, the sort of movie-movie of the love triangle mm-hmm. and combines it with a really serious, astute look at the state of journalism right. circa 1987. Right. And it just comes together so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a lot to say, but it, it, it is immensely entertaining. And again, super funny. extremely prescient. Yeah, yeah, yeah very extremely. much Extremely. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this was this was right right before the big influx of cable news. Right. And I'm surprised it's not a movie that more people know and more people talk about. Mm-hmm. This is one of the reasons I love doing the show, um, for you to say something like this, because this is a movie that needs to get more love. Absolutely. Network is a classic that everyone knows about mm-hmm. and has a huge footprint, but broadcast news is just as good in its own way yeah. and kind of is maybe is in it in the shadow. But of it was also network. an Oscar nominee. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. And um, it didn't win, did it? No. I don't think it did. Yeah, and it should have. I feel like it was the first truly, I was about to say adult movie, but I not know adult film, but adult. <laughs> grown up movie. Grown up, yeah, grown up movie that, that, uh, that I saw in the theater. And I mm. would actually liken it to, this is going to sound perhaps nuts, but uh, that's me, uh, Silverado, in the sense that it wait, is wait, this- wait. I got to stop you for that. Did he just compare broadcast it, news to Silverado? Well, let, me, let me do the comparison. Okay. So the comparison is- Broadcast news is, it's just, it's effervescent and it's so like, you know, entertaining and you love it. And then for whatever reason, like people don't talk about it. Now, right. broadcast news is like certainly a much more serious. It's underappreciated. Yes, exactly. Right. Just like, you know, you don't really think about Silverado when you think about Westerns. But the truth of the matter is that movie is just goddamn entertaining. Yeah. Um, and it was about the same time the same yeah, yeah. Uh, Silverado was first but yeah yeah a it's like years it's, a, later. it's a movie that like if you haven't seen it like it's it's you can just recommend it to somebody to watch because mm-hmm. you know that they'll enjoy it it's it's doesn't it's not something that is so of its time um, or is trying overly hard to be important it just right. says things that are true yeah mm-hmm. and there's not a bit of pretension in it no not which I love not yeah. at all and and it was nominated for seven Oscars: best picture, uh, best cinematography, screenplay, editing. Uh, William Hurt, Holly Hunter, and Albert Brooks in for their acting, but it didn't win any. Yeah, and Albert Brooks is freaking amazing. He's so good in it, yeah. and he's you know, so real, and it's so it painful. Might be his best, my my favorite performance. I, I agree. Yeah. I know, agree. It's funny because up until that point, people sort of considered him the poor man's Woody Allen because mm-hmm. he did stuff like Modern Romance sure. and, and and you know like, but with this movie, he emerged as like you know like a movie star. Yeah, I mean, so he's much so pathos great at, in this guy. Yeah, and they started doing stuff role. like Defending Your Life and yep. you know, um, really significant you know films. Uh, but yeah, he he's great in it, and as you say, one of the most interesting love triangles, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, where where everybody's it, right and everybody's it tears wrong. Tears your yeah. freaking heart out. Yeah, yep. yeah, because it's all real. Yes, very much. And 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 in that sense, it's different. But then you have like the screwball comedy, like trying to get the tape to the satellite. Mm-hmm. You know, Bobby, 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 Roy. <laughs> yeah. And um, <laughs> you know, and, and and just dealing with the whole manipulation of the news with the veteran who you know they have the two takes on the story right. and just. Um, right. And some great, you know, almost cameos. I mean, the, uh, Joan Cusack plays mm. the uh, office assistant, and yeah. she's she's great and really has a couple great scenes in it. And uh, just everyone's really good. I'm so glad he picked that because it <laughs> spared me for having to pick it, so now I can pick something well, else it, I love. And, uh, <laughs> and it was not picked previously. I think we discussed it we, on right. Love Story Week maybe. Yeah, but, we, uh, we had oh, talked it wasn't about it. It was not an official okay. selection. Good. Right. Well, then I'm I'm, so there you go. I'm oh, joyous. I'm surprised it took us this long to get the broadcast me too. news. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a great movie. Okay, so Wednesday, Mr. Ashley E. Miller. Okay, so um, I'm going to try to go a little bit out of the box, but the truth is I think that this movie has a lot 
in common with network in kind of an unexpected way in the sense that it is a dark satirical view of um of the news our relationship with it and how the news sees itself in a very particular moment in time um it is one of my it's one of my i would say it's one of my favorite movies of the last five or six years or so um it's a dark little thriller uh called nightcrawler from oh, 2014 starring wow. Jake Gyllenhaal as a sociopath mm-hmm. essentially who um we when we meet him we realize just what a terrible uh human being he is he has no appreciation for the suffering of others he exists only to consume um and uh to I feel as though I just paraphrased Star Trek but uh but he can he exists only to consume things to take things well, much like the doomsday machine much like the doomsday machine <laughs> and uh and then at the end he like you know somebody flies into his mouth and they explode <laughs> I don't know uh we're taking the metaphor too goddamn too far. far too far <laughs> we we just me I am I am but you know we're all in this thing together this thing of ours are we are we yeah anyway so uh Jake Gyllenhaal not not the man his character uh, learns about this this very particular job in journalism called a stringer. The stringer basically would go around to uh, to you know the sites of accidents and take pictures or video or whatever and feed it to the local news station. Okay, so he goes out, he gets himself a camcorder, uh, and he starts uh, hunting. He becomes a nightcrawler looking for these accidents. And as the movie uh, proceeds, and he gets really good. Uh, at getting close to these things, he will rearrange. Like um, too good. Too good, yeah. exactly, too good. He rearranges accident sites, like he puts bodies in different positions. He just, he doesn't care. And he uses this sociopathic charm to manipulate uh, Rene Russo, who plays his boss you know, at the local news network. Um, they become so dependent on him because of what he's delivering. It's, it is both awful to look at and you can't take your eyes off of it. Um, he manipulates her into sex, you know, into money, into you name it. Uh, he hires another guy uh, who, you know, who I don't think it, it, he realizes exactly what he's getting himself into. And the movie's crisis is really about, well, he does a lot of shit. Like he, he starts killing people. But um, the, the, the crisis of the movie is about uh, Gyllenhaal videoing, taking video of a home invasion and he withholds information that he has. Like he has video of the dude's faces. He knows like their license plate number. He doesn't give it to the cops. Why? Because he's going to set up um, just this whole uh, thing that he's going to capture on video, and it's basically going to be like his his Mona Lisa. It's going to be you know his 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 great moment as a stringer. And just Jake Gyllenhaal is so amazing in this movie. Um, the tone of it is so controlled. It's just you just watch it and you're just in for the entire ride. It's so unbelievably dark. Yet I also felt like through every frame of it, like I believed that there could be somebody out there just like this guy. Right. He was giving us what we wanted. Um, and it's almost like he couldn't see that there was that there was anything that there was a moral dimension to the job that he was doing um, that essentially had transformed news, human suffering into entertainment, which is just, I thought just fascinating. Um, so I love this movie. Uh, and again, I think like it's uh, it's very much in that network school mm-hmm. of we're getting to this place. It's just what we talked about where all of these things that seemed like satire in the 1970s are suddenly coming true. It's mm-hmm. like we're just we're just this close in the world of Nightcrawler. We're just this close from like the running man. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of where we are. But it's funny because Nightcrawler is a movie that was only made a couple of years ago and yet already, like you said, it feels prescient. And we're not talking 1970s. Yeah, we're talking, you know, 19, yeah exactly. Yeah. We're talking 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, it's funny. You said, oh, this is going to be another out, Ashley out there pick. I don't think that's out there at all. I, I think that's actually a really, you know, And I like pick. it because I think we've switched positions. This is one that I haven't seen. Okay, cool. So I, I would like to see it now. I think it's, you'll dig it. It's man. dark, though. It might be a little yeah, it's, dark for it's you. It's hella dark, dude. But it's not like it's a serial. Well, it kind of is a serial killer movie, movie, but it's it's not. It's it, it's very distanced from its own violence. 
Um, I think you might dig it a lot. Huh? Kubrickian. Yeah, in a way, way, yeah, for sure. Bill Paxton isn't too. I I think it's one of his last film roles. It's uh, Dan Gilroy. Dan Gilroy, yeah. yeah. Game over. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's, that's a great choice. You know, this is, a, this is a tough week. This is a really tough week. A lot of great choices. And, you know, as I said, I mean, you know, as a journalist, um, I've, I've, you know, uh, I worked for the Boston Globe when I was in college and worked for a lot of newspapers, magazines. What My will you do? new what book, 50-Year Mission, is in paperback now, uh, wherever you buy books. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's funny because uh, thank you for lifting the burden of broadcast news from my shoulders. You were going to pick really that at one point. Com- it was really complicating things for me. I'm still in a bit of a, a, a pickle. Uh, I am going to, unlike you, who is who, who is playing by the rules of season two, man, we can do whatever we want, that season one no longer applies. I'm going to honor season one by not picking all the President's Men. Yeah. Okay. Look, yeah. all the President's Men would absolutely be my pick. Sure. Um, uh, you know, Alan Pakula's, uh masterpiece about the investigation of Watergate. Um, it's it's super uh, applicable today. And obviously, Bob Woodward is still a force in journalism, sounding the alarm about uh, our current uh, state of affairs. But uh, I'm not going to pick it because it was picked in, in season one. We talked about it at length. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pick, I'm going to do something which won't be unexpected to Steve, I don't think. <laughs> um, I, got, I got three words match me, Sydney. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I thought you might pick that for a different episode, but yes. And uh, the movie, of course, is uh, "Sweet Smell of Success," yes. uh, written by uh, Cliff Odets, uh, directed by Alexander McKendrick. Um, stars uh, Burt Lancaster and Tony Curtis. I have a beautiful one sheet in my house for it, um, and uh, it is uh, you know that Clifford Odets dialogue. I mean, it, it, it for, particularly for all of us who are writers, with the exception of Darren. Um, are who are writers at all? No, um, what? <laughs> Darren wouldn't appreciate it. No, at no, all. no, no. I'm not <laughs> saying that. I'm <laughs> saying we have an extra appreciation of Clifford Odets. I mean, he's so rife with quotable dialogue. You you're know, every cookie full of arsenic. You're like a cook. I hate to take a bite out of you. You're like a cookie laced with arsenic. <laughs> and then you know, it's like cats in the bag, bags in the river. I mean, which we use that scene in Free Enterprise because yeah. I just love it so much. Um, so uh, you know, it's just it's a story of this you know big back in the day when like Walter Winchell and Hedda Hopper and all these people had so much power in the daily newspaper. Um, it, this postulates a world in which there's this J.J. Uh, Hunsucker played brilliantly and, 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 and terrifyingly by Burt Lancaster. Um, and uh, Tony Curtis is, you know, down on his luck PR guy who's just desperate to get his lame clients into the column and he'll do anything <laughs> for Hunsucker to try and get him to write about... Um, uh, you know his his clients, and meanwhile he's trying to. You know he, he won't wear a jacket because he doesn't want to pay the tip. Uh, you know to the the hat check girl um, for for checking his. And there's all these great power scenes at 21. It's funny because I'm a big advocate of um, uh, journalism and how po- important it is and how powerful and how sometimes it gets a bad rap and how you know most people are trying to get it right. And I, I think this whole era where the you know uh, the the press has become a boogeyman and a punching bag. Um, so I'm picking a movie <laughs> which is guilty of all those sins. Uh, it is just an utter masterpiece. It could easily fit in a film noir week uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's a, it's it's a great, you know, and, and a great uh, time capsule of an old age. You know, right. twenty one New York at twenty one. You know, twenty one back in the um, or at least what we think it was. New York was like back yeah. then. Uh, you know, where where few people had uh, you know, held immense power and mm-hmm. sway, uh, and and uh, the idea that these newspapers, you know, had so much power, you know, um, the era of the Hearst newspapers and things like that. They would publish multiple editions during the during day. their day and mm-hmm. stuff. And you know, if nothing else, Burt Lancaster is so good in it. And for everybody, you know, who knows Tony Curtis from you know some like it hot and what a fast mm-hmm. little comedian he is. You know, he plays this wormy sleaze weasel in this. Sleaze weasel. He's a sleaze weasel. (laughs) And he's so great. And it's just, and and the black and white photography by James Wong Howe. From the opening frames of a stack of newspapers being deposited in Times Square at a newsstand till, you know, the final uh, shots, which I won't give away for those of you who haven't seen it. Um, You know, it's it's funny because, you know, again, we, we all talked about this, like, 
we're doing a journalism we and then you look and I some of my favorite movies of all they're more I think they're more of my favorite movies of all time on this list network broadcast news sweet smell success sorry no nightcrawler okay. um all the president's men than any of the weeks we've done <laughs> yeah. so um uh it's it's really uh that you know I again I didn't really have to struggle particularly after you got me off the hook with broadcast <laughs> news and network I could have picked either I could have easily yeah. picked either of those so um uh, really, that that'd be my pick for uh, Thursday. Well, thank God for that. Okay, so, so but now we're to Friday. We're at so Friday. Many well, speaking we of Friday, yes. I mean, come on, how do you not program <laughs> His Girl Friday on Friday on the four thirty movie? Well, <laughs> in journalism, week. that's a good point. The His Girl Friday, which His, is the comedic remake of the front page, right? um, with Rosalind Russell and Cary Grant. One of the great journalism movies of all time. One of the funniest movies of all time. It's Howard Hawks with that quick yep. dialogue. Yep. However, however. However, there is another. There is another. And to me, I mean, this has to be Friday. Does it in also have mind, the word Friday, Friday in it? It does not, so you may have an advantage over my pick. <laughs> the ultimate movie about journalism that I think has ever been made is Citizen Kane. Ooh. It is not only the greatest movie ever that, made. That passed, that passed that my mind. That is... Uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it's about the the you know, Hearst, uh, William Randolph Hearst. Well, it's thinly veiled, thinly veiled yeah. uh, about Hearst and others and others. Yeah, but absolutely. mostly Hearst. You know, and 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 you know, even to his dying days, Wells would say, "Oh, it wasn't really about Hearst." <laughs> you know, and uh, cough, cough. But if you if you, well, my my favorite story of uh, that Wells told about this. Take it with a grain of salt, or or a block of salt. Um, he says that he. After Kane had opened, and uh, or no, it it was about to open, and uh, Wells found himself in an elevator with William Randolph Hearst, <laughs> and Awkward. and he he says he offered him tickets to the premiere of the film, even though the papers his papers had been trying to. You know, kill the film. Kill the film. Yeah, and it wouldn't allow them to be screened in any of his theaters. Right, right. They wouldn't advertise, except advertising. It, it almost bankrupted RKO because so, it spent a fortune on the movie. Wells says he offered him tickets to the opening night. And uh, Hearst said, thank you, no. And Wells says, if he had been Kane, he would have taken the tickets. <laughs> 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 That's really funny. Yeah, Citizen Kane is one of those movies that you know obviously has a, a well-earned reputation as being the greatest film of all time or one of the greatest films mm -hmm. of all time. And I remember growing up, you know, always hearing about it and seeing it referenced in Looney Tunes cartoons. Mm -hmm. And but I'd never seen it and, until I got to film school, right. and they showed it in my History of American Film class. Mm -hmm. I think it was at the end of the semester, and I was kind of nervous about seeing it. I, I, I thought, what if I don't like it? It's considered one of the greatest movies of all time. And so I, I kind of went into it, arms crossed, right. thinking, you know, okay, Citizen Kane, impress all right. me. <laughs> all right, old movie, show me something. Show I was just riveted yeah. to the whole thing. It is uh, one of my favorite movies. It's terrific. Uh, it it really deserves its reputation as one of the best you know American films. Thought it might be fun every to level. Run a newspaper. The <laughs> acting is the, and 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 incidentally, my great grandfather worked on Citizen Kane. He oh. was in the construction department at RKO, and he worked on building some of the sets. The he movie. dug the ditch that they put the camera in <laughs> to get the low angle. That's right. <laughs> now, this could a lot also of fit in Spoiler Week as well. Yeah, no uh, kidding. Right? <laughs> I, look, I understand a lot of people, you know, you think Iron Man is the greatest movie of all time. I get it. I understand. We all like Iron Man, too. But, but even giving away the spoiler in the movie doesn't ruin the no. movie. Well, no, I really knew what it was. Because it's mean, not, it was, it's not really knows. important. Yeah, it's not. It's That's not. the thing. It's a great twist, though. Yeah. Because yeah. you have to answer that question of, you know, why this was his dying words. Right, right. Right? right. Because because it's a mystery, and you got to yeah. solve the mystery right. unless you're Who JJ, right? Guy? It's not a mystery box. There's right. actually something in the mystery box. Right. So, um, you know, it, and it's a very satisfying ending, I think. Yeah. But it's not like the movie doesn't live and die by, yeah, yeah. you know, the mm -hmm. fact that, oh, my God, you know, Harry Angel was yeah. Yeah. John it's, like, it's, it's the journey, not the destination. Yeah. Right. It's like the, the twist of that film is he's a monster. He's a monster. He's a monster. No, he's a human. He's a little boy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that's that's, that's right. and it's just it's beautiful. I mean, it's he's it's been dead the whole time. time. Exactly. <laughs> Through the whole movie. You keep waiting. It's like psycho. Right. 
Yeah, a um, few years ago, I finally got to visit Hearst Castle, mm. and that's like a, it's the craziest thing. Like you know, this is like you know, it is based on this guy, mm-hmm. and like this, this is the real Xanadu. Like this, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a real place. That's I had human... the same experience. It's crazy, and it's kind of amazing. Yeah. A pleasure palace. He did decree here in Xanadu. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's and it's a lot of fun. It's really funny. Yeah. And, it's really funny. and Wells is great. He's mm-hmm. a, he's amazing. Um, the only know, performance he was 24, he ever gave. I'm sorry, 24 at the time playing, uh, you know, a young man, a middle-aged man, and an old man. And they're all convincing. Mm-hmm. I mean, to various degrees. But he's amazing. Uh, what, uh, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say the only performance he ever gave, I think, that was that was close to it were, were uh, all the outtakes from the Palmasan wine <laughs> commercials. Well, well you, know. It, it, you know, it was all his, the veteran players from his Mercury Theater, yeah. Yeah. and they're all great. Joseph Cotton, Everett Sloan, um, Agnes you know, Moorhead. Yeah, I mean, everyone is so, um, is so good in that great. movie. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, they talk about how, um, I forget the woman in Kane, but uh, is not Marion Davies, you know, because right. Marion Davies actually had talent. Right. Um, you know, but it's more Susan like, Alexander. Susan Alexander, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, but they say that's what Hearst was most upset about. Yes. And, um, you know, again, this kind of reminds me, Succession seems a lot, <laughs> reminds me a lot yeah. of Citizen Kane, which mm. is maybe why I like it so much. Yeah. Um, I did, I mean, is Citizen Kane, and we haven't even talked that's about That's a good it, contender for Friday. How yeah. it reinvented Cinema. Well, you know, it yeah, pioneered it, these it techniques. Almost that are, invented it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Greg Tolan, who was the uh, amazing cinematographer, um, who basically walked into Wells's office uh, asking to work on the movie uh, because he said, "I want to work with someone who hasn't done this before." Yeah, and uh, I think he said we can learn from each other, and I can teach you the technical things over a weekend. But I think. I would like to see what you want to do. The way you think, yeah. And, I mean, uh, and Bernard Herrmann, too, a remarkable. Yeah, yeah. That who score. Was, who was another one of uh, uh, Wells' uh, people from New York. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 marvelous. Okay, so that's a that's a contender. His Girl Friday yeah. right. for Friday, um, for sure. Anchorman. Anchorman, that's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> I mean, you know. I mean, is it? can you beat the scene where, like, the dog jumps down, like, into the bear pit? <laughs> And begs for their lives. I mean, come on. Hayden Christensen is great in Shattered, Shattered Glass, Glass. Yeah. you know, uh, which is again about journalism gone wrong, faking a news story. He's very good in it. I he mean, is. I, I know you, you know, he's very good in it. Except for the part where he talks about sand. Um, <laughs> Spotlight was a wonderful movie, yeah. but it got an Oscar, which is enough of a recognition yeah. for that movie. Uh, I really like Spotlight quite a bit. Yeah, I uh, it wouldn't be my pick for Friday. It's just kind of a very competently done. Yeah. Um, uh, movie. It's not an enjoyable movie. The same way that that I think the post is is Mm -hmm. very well done. mm, Yeah. But not, you know, anything so special that it should have our Friday slot. The post is great in a world that doesn't have all the president's men in it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. true enough. Yeah, true enough. Because it's like all the president's men done without the good parts. We're all big fans of Paul Newman here. Absence of Malice Mm -hmm. is a really Mm -hmm. good good movie. Superman the movie. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, of course, Daily Planet. <laughs> and it's got howling journalism. Right. The howling. Um, Spider Man. Spider Man. <laughs> young photojournalist. You're not taking this in the spirit it was intended. Of course, actually. it is. That's kind of my job. Well, I mean, <laughs> look, you know, look at the impact of a movie like China Syndrome. You know, yeah. back in the time when, yep. you know, Three Mile Island had just happened. You remember the big yeah. laughs it would get when it said, oh, this could destroy a, a you know, a, a state the size of. Uh, what was it, Connecticut or Delaware or whatever it was? Pennsylvania. Uh, Pennsylvania, right. <laughs> Pennsylvania. And we where Three Mile Island had happened, like, yeah. what, two weeks before the movie right, was? Yeah. Um, and that's also a movie which people remember because of uh, Three Mile Island. It's actually quite good. Yeah. I don't Michael think people Douglas remember that movie. Jane Fonda. Honestly. Do you feel that yeah. way? I, people don't remember? Yeah. Have you watched it recently? No. I watched it, and it's a really good little thriller. Jack Lemmon. Uh, I haven't seen it, I haven't seen it in a yeah. while. And it was on TV, I think. I was like channel surfing. Yeah. I don't even have it on Blu-ray. I don't even, it was like the one movie I don't have on Blu-ray. And I was like um, channel surfing. And for some reason it was like on, and I don't know, I was bored and I watched it. And it was like, really, I got wrapped up. I'm like, I forgot how good this movie is. Um, it was one of my favorites, Billy Wilder's Ace in the Hole. I was just yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. A really great black comedy uh, about uh, you know a media circus that develops around you know miners trapped in a hole. Well, and that was the title in the United States, wasn't it? The Big Circus. Miners yes. trapped in a hole. When they, yes. re- they, they they did a, a <laughs> the version. Big cir- yes, the Big Circus. Yeah. yeah. 
Because it, 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 and that also talk about a film that's very resonant today. Yes. I mean, Kirk Douglas basically milks this story because it springs him to fame. He has no money, and it's like he gets tied up with the. He's the only one who can communicate with this minor, and he could have saved him, but he wants the story <laughs> he to needs keep to keep the story going. Keep the story going, and he's great. What was his name in that? Kirk Douglas and Ace and Ace in the Hole. I don't recall. But it's it's. But terrific. it wasn't Ace. <laughs> that movie there was is a, hole. a cookie laced with arsenic. Yeah, now, you know yeah. Billy Wilder. Oh man, yeah. so good. And there's a really great. Uh, I think there's a great Criterion Blu-ray of that. Yeah, uh, that's out now. Or was it the Big Carnival or the Big Circus? I think it was the. Big, I don't know. Gosh, one of the two. But yeah. Ace in the Hole is where it goes now, and it's so good. But it, and it, it's so good. That's another one really, like, if you haven't seen it, you should get the Criterion or watch on the Criterion channel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, wasn't it kind of uh, wasn't it kind of lightly blacklisted for a time? Well, because they hated the idea; it was so dark yeah. that Kirk Doug and Kirk Douglas, America's sweetheart, yeah. um, you know, was uh, you know was would so loathsome yeah. that, that that you know he's down on his luck and he's milking this thing and he lets. I think that it was just this so uncomfortable, so uncomfortable for people that they were not, you know, how could could, could person anyone do this? You know, it's kind of been rediscovered. Uh, yeah, it's kind of mm-hmm. had a renaissance in recent years, but for a long time it was one that people only kind of whispered about it, but it wasn't it wasn't popular. Yeah, here's a out of the box. Capricorn one. <laughs> I don't know if that's really a journalism movie. It's more a conspiracy thriller or thriller. I, I think that movie would work just fine without <laughs> Elliot Gould in it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Well, we guys, do O.J. Simpson week. It'll be right. great. O.J. Simpson. We're not considering Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> that's such a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all over Citizen Kane, I have to tell you. I'm, I'm going to have a hard time. Almost famous. That. Yeah, it's good. Cameron Crowe, you know, he's with the band based yeah. on his real experiences covering uh, rock bands as a young man for uh, Rolling, uh, Rolling Stone. Stone. Yep. Terrific movie. Um, no Citizen Kane. Parallax View. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Frost Nixon. That, Frost Nixon, really, that's a really good little film. Hmm. It's maybe my favorite Ron Howard movie. And, oh, hmm. one of my favorites. I forgot. The Insider. Oh, mm. oh yeah. Russell Crowe. Yeah. A really yeah. terrific movie about the uh, cigarette. Uh, industry. Save it for Russell Crowe. Directed by Michael Mann. Yeah. Save it for Michael yeah. Mann. Yeah. Right now. Uh, you, uh, you could argue the social network is also about uh, <laughs> faux journalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Given yeah. How sort of in retrospect. How important Facebook has become to the uh, uh, the, the news these days. A lot of people are getting their news from there. Uh, you know, real news and not. I, 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 I'm, I, every passing day, I'm more optimistic that we're going to get a sequel to The Social Network. That, uh, <laughs> just was it yesterday, uh, Aaron Sorkin penned an open letter to Mark I know, Zuckerberg. I know. I it's know. called Tinderized. So I, didn't, I have a feeling we may get a we may get the band back together for Social Network too, the wow. anti-social network. <laughs> the anti-social <laughs> network. That's great, Steve. You should pitch that. Oh, there's the Killing Fields. Oh yeah, Sam mm-hmm. Waterston, the New York Times reporter who uncovers uh, Cambodia, the Cambodian genocide. genocide. Yeah. Good night and good luck. From, uh, first film directed by was it the first Clooney. film directed by Clooney? Yeah, no, the, the, the one he it was second film because yeah. he had done the the Chuck Barris movie first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. Good night and good luck about Edward Amaro is a wonderful it's, film. It's a solid movie, and Ed- Edward Amaro deserves all our appreciation and as much uh, much love as he can get. It's particularly in a world where people don't know who Edward Amaro is anymore. No, that's true. But I think it just always comes back to Citizen Kane. That's I think what I'm uh, saying. I think there's no what do there's you think, no Ashley? question. Well, I think. It's not very often we get an opportunity to uh, make the Friday movie a, a movie with the word Friday in it. But Anchorman it is. <laughs> but oh, Anchorman he's it is. right, though, about the His Girl Friday. <laughs> Shit. His Girl Friday, you know, it is kind of a super fun, entertaining movie about journal. No, yeah, but Citizen it's not Kane. Citizen Kane. It's, it's not, not Citizen, Citizen Kane. Kane. Even Nothing I is Citizen would concede Kane. that, and I love His Girl Friday. But, uh, but no, I agree. I think Citizen Kane is the is the is the just when you when you uh, get the disc of Citizen Kane, if you can find it still, uh, or if you can get it on Apple, um, there's a commentary by Roger Ebert that is absolutely great. Yep. Didn't you and I, Mark, watch that commentary on the flight to Sitges on the DVD? <laughs> I can't believe you remember that. 
because I remember watching the commentary on a plane. Yeah. I forgot it was with you through the dual yeah. headphone plays. When I had That's one of those adorable. stupid DVD little portable, portable DVD, DVD players, player. and I had the dual headset. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. So romantic. It was. You just Dave and I, and uh, you know uh, we were going to say the Paris. That was the year I was on the jury in Sidious, and you yeah. came along, and yeah. we had the best time. It was fun. Yeah. It sounds great. It was really fun. <laughs> we had a lot of we had a lot of fun that trip. And who was it? Boy, we were part yeah partying with. The, there were some interesting people. Who were we there. partying with? Well, there was uh, gosh that actress from uh, Blade. Oh, uh, oh, what was her name? Who was on the jury with me? Um, Zora. No. It oh, oh, well, yeah. Well, it was Mappy Gallon. Mappy, yeah. But then it was Begonia and- Oh, and, and uh, 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 Floria Sigismondi, oh, who's that's a, a, right. a director now, a big oh, director. Oh, she's great. She's great. And her, her boyfriend was great, or her fiance at the time, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but Floria was so good. And she had an art exhibit there, and she was on the jury. And yeah. I've said this on a previous podcast. I think we were doing, we were talking about her movie, The Runaways. And she, right. she was just, she's somebody I really regret losing touch with, but she was such an interesting person. Yeah, she was cool. You know, cool um, I, re- I really, I really liked Tune in next time to hear the rest of this amazing <laughs> story. Stephen, go to Sidious. We're really on a, you know, we're having a tough time coming up with podcasts. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> But We're gonna do Screwball Comedy Week just so Stephen we can make yeah. excellent right. adventure. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah. That was that was great. You know, Mike just left. Uh, Mike uh, just left Sigis, the deputy oh. director. Oh. And oh. we're back. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so Monday. Monday is network. Tuesday, broadcast news. Wednesday, Nightcrawler. Thursday, it's Sweet Smell of Success. Followed on Friday immediately by. Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. Thanks for joining us for the 430 movie. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you may want to check out Electric Surge's other podcasts like Inglorious Trexperts every Saturday and The Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast every Tuesday. And of course, Best Movies ever, uh, best movies Never Made every other Monday. Every other Monday. And now if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It's five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Stop five. the presses. Five. Five, five. five stars. Five. Not four. Stars. Five. And, uh, and of course, the, join us at 430movie.com to get all sorts of wonderful 430 movie. Oh swag. my gosh, yes! If you want to yes. enjoy that great 430 movie swag, you got to check, gotta out check our us out. Spokesmodel Steve Melching, who this is, is the Conan, right? 430 movie, and, uh, yeah. and also his 430 movie mug. And I, I do believe you have a 430 movie uh, notebook, notebook as well. Yes, yeah. I keep all my 430 movie notes in my 430. Check movie out notebook. all that great 430 <laughs> movie swag. swag. So you should check us out at 430moviepodcast.com. No, 430movie.com. 430movie.com. Okay. Yeah, or call 1 800. No. <laughs> no uh, there's no 1 800. There's no 1 800. No 900 or 976. That you just call certain. Darren. And a, a very yeah. special thanks, John. Thanks for being here, uh, recording our, uh, our us going on about all this nonsense. Um, and a uh, very special thanks, of course, as always, to Bill Ritter. Bill, what's your pick for Hold the Press this week? How about Pelican Brief? Uh, Pelican hmm. brief with uh, Denzel and, and Julia Roberts. Okay, I always thought they were hard to put briefs on. Yeah, <laughs> really, truly, they're more of a boxer's yeah. bird. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! So thank you, everyone here at Electric Surge. And if you want to see this uh, podcast uh, um, with your video, eyes, with your eyes and not just your ears, <laughs> put it. Check your us holes. out on Electric Now, <laughs> currently on Distro TV and Stir, and coming to additional. Uh, 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 st- streaming channels uh, soon, as well as the Electric Now app. So uh, watch the space for some very exciting announcements. But in the you know interim, you can check out 430 Movie and some of our other Electric Search podcasts every day on Electric Now. So uh, um, hopefully, uh, hopefully that won't turn you off to the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get yeah. to see our smiling faces. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We've got faces made for radio. <laughs> they had faces back then. So uh, on behalf of Steve, Darren. Ashley and myself, stop the presses! Stop the presses! We interrupt this broadcast for an important news announcement. That's right. I'm not wearing any pants. (laughs) Film at 11. (laughs) We'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by Millieways. If you've done six impossible things this morning, why not round it off with Breakfast at Millieways, the restaurant at the end of the universe? This is a production of the Electric Surge Network.